Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Movie Magpies, where we will be reviewing Knives Out. As always, I'm your host, Will, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Monique. Now, without any further ado, let's just get straight into it. So, for people who don't know, as this is the review, Monique, what is uh, Knives Out about? The Netflix summary for Knives Out is, a detective unravels the tangled web of secrets and lies surrounding the death of a successful crime novelist and his unsettling eccentric family. Which is pretty one-to-one, really. Yeah, yeah, no, that's very accurate. I like that summary a lot because it does really get the gist of what this movie is about. We've found a lot of summaries for movies can either miss the actual actual heart of the story or sort of tweak slash not even cover the whole plot so this one is a really nice ratio of things yeah and i guess it is fitting for a a movie that is a mystery uh, and a movie based around a mystery and around collecting clues that this summary should be just the clear-cut summary, the bare bones of the story. Yeah, you don't want to add anything else in, otherwise you end up almost spoiling the movie. Yeah, given too much away, and I think this summary does a really good job. But with the summary out of the way, let's talk a little bit more about the film. So This one's going to be a bit hard to not spoil just because of how much depth is in this movie. Yeah. Personally, I know I have to be very careful when I'm saying things. I do want to say right off the bat, I love the introduction to this movie with the violin. Yes. Yeah. Well, we can start the with the music. So well. with, with that said, yeah, audio. <laughs> so the music is just genuinely really nice and it really blends into the atmosphere so well though it does stand out as well as a as a byproduct mm-hmm. but i think it intends to do that as well because it's very strong violin and string instrument kind of almost a instrumental accompaniment of the film and it really lends well to this grandiose kind of depiction of classic detective stories it really fits the atmosphere and the mood of the film so so well i really enjoy the atmosphere of this film i really like that it does lean quite heavily into that murder mystery element with its music and its setting even the set design is very murder mystery very clue board if that makes sense oh yeah absolutely i think That is a really nice way of describing it because it does really fit into it with a, even beyond the setting of the um, set dressing, the wild kind of setup of characters, the uh, the eclectic set of characters, if you will, and just the general looming knowledge that there is a murderer within their midst and, well, no, there isn't really, is there? They believe that it's a suicide from the beginning. Yeah, it's really interesting the way that this movie starts up because we're led to believe that it's suicide, but of course we're investigating the death because there's so much that doesn't make sense with it. Yeah, And and, and we're given the sense that there is more to this mystery than just a simple suicide because one of our main characters in the forefront is a private detective who has Mm -hmm. been hired specifically to solve this mystery, so you know that there is more going on. Yeah, and it's very, very interesting the way that this murder mystery works. Of course, going into any murder mystery, you always assume that someone who you're talking Mm. to is going to be suspicious. And I really, really love the way that this film does that. You are always constantly questioning all the characters, like in a good murder mystery. Yeah. Unless you're really, really following along with the story, because of course the clues are always there you don't have any clue how this is going to end up. 
No, yeah, absolutely not. And I think if we jump across to the more the meat of the film being the characters, the characters really do an incredibly good job of making us very aware that they can't fully be trusted and that there is clearly just little dippings of deception throughout all of their stories and I find that really really interesting and refreshing that we are also given insight to discern the truth from their uh, from their interviews and from their behavior without being without our hands being held exactly and speaking on characters the cast that plays the Mm. character the actors and the actresses we have a lot of big names in this lineup a lot of very recognizable faces yet especially due to the more eclectic and dare i say eccentric nature of the family just like the summary says yeah it's the death of a very successful crime novelist and therefore a lot of his family is rich and eccentric which means that there's this really nice seamless blend of recognizable actors and actresses and the lesser known actors and actresses that they use in this movie like it's done really really well you don't feel like anybody was put in as a cameo they all are there to play the role and it's they were meant to play that role you can just tell that they all really really enjoyed playing their characters yeah absolutely that said i think i probably disagree with you a little bit there in that i just want to get my point across that in this film i think the a lot of the actors do an incredible job of depicting their characters with a sense of familiarity to each other i mean specifically the family in that you can tell exactly where some of their behaviors came from and you can recognize the familial kind of attachment or chemistry within the family dynamic but then you also are given enough subtle and unique differences to make each character incredibly interesting and incredibly compelling as individuals which i think is really really good in regards to some in regards to the actors kind of all standing out on their own i think for sure with a such an a-list cast it would be a huge risk just generally getting a big ensemble like this and I think for the most part it does it really well. I do think, however, that in this cast there are a few who do stand out stronger than others. I think Lakeith Stanfield is incredibly good as, I, I don't know his character's name, but he's incredibly good in his part. And he does actually do his kind of almost exhausted detective kind of character a great deal of justice. And then on the other scale of it, there are certain actors within this who clearly have a little less experience and because they're put in with a group of other actors who are far more experienced you see it more evidently that's interesting that you say that because i didn't really pick up on that i well i suppose the only one that i could think of is the actor that plays the son of oh right uh jaden martell yeah the i think his name was g jacob yeah. in the movie and that's literally just because he is well, more of a secondary character yeah well that that i guess i can probably speak a little more openly about it i think the kids don't necessarily stand out very positively in terms of acting but that's because they have just a, a great deal less experience than a lot of the other actors and as a result Which is super interesting because i thought that for the characters that they were playing i feel like they did a really good job of playing to their strengths in making them teenagers for instance so catherine langford was in 13's reason 
13 reasons, reasons why. why. Yeah. Thank you. I cannot speak tonight. And then she went on to appear in Love, Simon, which is also a really acclaimed movie. Like, it was quite popular at the time that it came out. Yeah. So putting her in Knives Out as this sort of person that feels entitled to, a, like, a little bit. Of course, yeah. her whole thing being that she absolutely hates jacob the character yeah because he is pretty much the same as her but with opposite mindset i yeah. feel like they really did well sort of showing what happens when you put two teenagers who are at a family event because they have to be in a room yeah and i think in that respect yeah absolutely but moving on to just a little bit more broadly talking about the story i think that the i think knives out really works well with its use of foreshadowing because it's using a consistent level of foreshadowing and as we seem to be talking about pretty much almost every single week the use of Chekhov's gun in this film is actually incredibly intentional and really well done yeah it's honestly I genuinely love this movie for the reasons of the foreshadowing and the use of Chekhov's gun because yeah. it doesn't matter how many times I watch this film I always pick up on a new hint or piece of foreshadowing or extra detail in the background that I yeah. didn't the last time I watched it. And I have actually seen this film four or five times now, once when it came out in cinemas and then pretty much almost once a week leading up to this podcast because yeah. when it first came out on Netflix, I watched it. We watched it, of course, to take notes on the podcast and for the podcast I should say and then again with my family because they wanted to watch it at one of our movie nights and I just yeah. was obsessed with it. Yeah no it is it does a really good job of showing off that use of story and how to actually really present Chekhov's gun and foreshadowing in a really insightful and interesting way because ultimately this is a murder investigation so things are going to keep coming back up and become relevant and the point of Chekhov's gun is that if something is introduced to the audience it should have a use or a relevance to the story otherwise you're wasting the audience's time and Knives Out really goes to town on that belief and as a mm -hmm. result, pretty much everything you see on screen actually has a purpose and will come back later, be useful later, or will be integral to the investigation at some point. And I think that's just masterful writing. They even do this with the characters to a certain extent. Yeah, which I yeah. Really, really the love. characters even have a sense of Chekhov's gun, which is great. Where some of their personality traits are in itself a Chekhov's gun. Yeah, I do really, really love the characterization in this movie. And I suppose that's why I do disagree with you a little bit in where you say that a couple of the characters don't stand out. And that is because... Well, I don't, I don't mean that necessarily as characters. I mean that more specifically in the acting. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I mean, because I feel that, yeah, definitely the kids or the younger members of the cast, cast. Their, their acting is a little weaker, and as a result, it does make sense that they are on screen for a little bit less. Yeah, it does make sense, and I think they've really beautifully wound that into the story. Yeah, they found a nice balance for that, I think. That's just another thing to sort of say with winding the characters into the story. We have a, a lot of main characters in this. Like, yeah. Out of a lot of the movies that we've watched, I think this one has one of the longest cast lists. Yeah, and, and I don't think it has a specific main character mm. as well. I don't. Well, genuinely, I don't think it. I even with Marta, I think she doesn't serve. She serves as like the focus point for sure, but she's not really a. She's not really the main character or protagonist in any more of a sense than uh, Benoit is or. 
I think that's something that will Or even Harland is even, really. Yeah, yeah, I think we'll sense. circle back to that in the in-depth, because yeah. I do have a couple thoughts about that, but they are a bit spoilery. Yeah. I just was saying, with the amount of characters that they have, the runtime for this movie is 130 minutes, so yeah. it's a pretty lengthy movie. It's yeah, just absolutely. over two hours long. Mm. The pacing is phenomenal. There is oh, not God, a yeah. point where I feel like this movie is dragging on, and if I do feel like it's dragging a scene out, it is too create tension it's not yeah. just dragging for any given reason and actually the pacing is a really good point because because i noticed something about it specifically is that the pacing is remarkably well done in that it feels quick and it feels like it goes at a really nice pace but in certain parts there is actually some very clever camera trickery going on where because in certain sections the camera is moving we're given the sense of momentum and mm -hmm. as a result it, these moments feel faster despite actually being about the same speed as other scenes and we're given we're almost given the illusion of faster pacing in certain scenes in a way that actually makes the film feel even faster which is amazing amazing filmmaking for sure yeah and i just cannot praise this movie enough i know that we mm. usually do critique movies to a certain extent yeah but i feel like i don't have that many bad I, things to I do say have, about this movie yeah i do have critiques because i do want to be a little more critical more in some of these films as you know in some of our previous reviews i've been just positing positives all the time so i've been searching for critiques one of them was just the acting and that some some of the actors definitely are weaker and because so many of the other actors such as like jamie lee curtis daniel craig Christopher Plummer, some very well-known, incredible actors. As a result, the actors like Catherine Langford and Jaden Martell are just a little bit weaker as a result, and of course that's alleviated by their presence on screen being a lot less. And then mm -hmm. another one of my kind of points was that Marta's vomit response feels a bit plot convenient. Right, points, yeah. But I do agree this, with you there. But... Yeah, as my own devil's advocate for that point. <laughs> because <laughs> I'll do that too because ultimately with critique if you can dispute it then ultimately the critique means nothing but as a critique to my own critique I think that this film doesn't take itself immensely seriously and as a result it can, it can have a Bond-esque flaw in it in that with the Bond villains they always have a clear clearly defined visible physical flaw with this film Marta's vomiting at lying it's used not in a super serious way but also as a means to ensure that the audience also knows where the truth can come from and where the truth is derived from because we have so many characters who are either loose with the truth or intentionally deceptive we have one character who is certain in the truth and mm -hmm. even when we have a character like Benoit who isn't necessarily lying, but he does not have all the facts. So as a result, his retelling or understanding of the events leading up to the death and beyond are never going to be fully accurate. Yeah, his perception is inherently flawed by the fact that he wasn't there. And yes, he's a very good detective and he can pick up all of these clues. Yeah. But inherently he is still going off what he can get and he's not going to get all of the information just by... Yeah nature you know by proxy that's how it works really i did want to when you said devil's advocate there about yeah. the movie being a little more camp like it doesn't necessarily yeah. take itself too seriously mm. it is a very very good murder mystery oh, but absolutely. what i find in difference to say the tv show agatha christie murder yeah. mystery sort of thing or murder she wrote i think it's called is just that 
those almost take themselves too seriously. Too seriously like yeah. this is a very serious plot, and you have all you of have the clues laid out so that you can figure died. out. Yeah, yeah, and the murderer. This one's like, yeah, he died. He also yeah. wrote murder mystery novels. Yeah. That was his whole bread and butter, which makes this entire thing seem way larger than life than it probably is. Yeah. And we're going to lean into that and lean into the fact that they're all a bit ridiculous because they're super mm. rich. And I and just love that about the movie. I do think that uh, Daniel Craig's Benoit does a really good job of making us fully understand that this story is not going to take itself completely seriously because we've got this southern, southern like molasses and july kind of detective who is so clearly passionate about solving mysteries but then also has this warmth and joy about speaking to people learning new things about cases and uncovering mysteries and solving puzzles that you just can't take this film incredibly seriously and as a result can't critique it you can't critique it in a way that is harsh beyond its purpose yeah it's really intriguing to me where we've been very very nitpicky even with our last review we were incredibly nitpicky of the movie despite enjoying it whereas i find with this one i enjoyed it immensely because i found it really hard to nitpick like even if i found something that i thought was stupid it either came back up in the story later and that's why it was stupid uh which i will go back more into depth and I think you know, as an, am- an admission for our audience, we when we went to take notes on this film, we stopped pretty much halfway. We stopped taking notes pretty much halfway through because we both just wanted to enjoy watching it. And yeah. it's kind of the first time we've ever done that where we stopped really taking in-depth notes and looking at this from a critical eye because there was so little to critique but so much to like look at and enjoy. And I think it, it would have not done the film justice if we didn't actually enjoy it, which does it's feel like a bit of an excuse for us not taking notes. But <laughs> when it comes down to it, I think that is really a good milestone of a really good film is that you can't really just pick it apart. You have to watch it to really get to grips with it yeah and i think it's really speaks to how much detail is in this movie i think i might have said this about sicario when we watched it as well but it's one of those movies that you almost have to pause it every five seconds if you want to write a note yeah otherwise you will miss things and this one because of its inherent nature of not taking itself too seriously and a lot of the details coming back around as Mm. either foreshadowing or something that you think is stupid you're like why is that there and then they're like because of reason you thought we forgot but we didn't like you just want to watch it you don't want to have to take notes on it and even though we didn't take notes on it we could still probably talk about this film for longer than its runtime because it just has so much details packed yeah absolutely genuinely this film does a lot with a little palette in a sense in not that i'm saying color palette not at all because it does a fuck ton with its color palette but in terms of story it hits a lot of different beats and addresses a lot of different discussions beyond just the murder mystery like it actually has a discussion about wealth divides but not in the same way that most films discuss wealth divides in that in other films you'd usually see them discuss that the wealthy don't fully understand the issues of the poor and like that is definitely visible in this film but it's more in it more has like a discussion about how each person treats each other based on their upbringing despite wealth and despite whether you come from a wealthy or a poorer kind of state and though there is a very clear divide in that the wealthier 
definitely treat the poorer characters, specifically Marta, in a way that is definitely that they see her not as a member of the family, though they do posit that a lot, but as a part of the furniture. Mm -hmm. And it's a very mm -hmm. interesting kind of commentary on this, where it, it feels like it takes a different kind of path towards this point, where other films would go directly to it, whereas this film kind of ekes around it and actually still depicts the wealthier people as thinking that they're doing the right thing as, a, as opposed to outwardly kind of like kicking her while she's down. Yeah, it's very interesting because in a lot of other movies, if we were to comment on this same wealth divide yeah. for example in the Joker it's very very blatant that the system doesn't care about you and yeah. the rich people it even, at one point they on even the... say that in that film yeah exactly the system doesn't care about you yeah. rich people see you as m little less than dirt yeah. on their boot you know whereas this movie does it in a, such a different way where Every single family member has at least one line where they refer to Marta as part of the family uh, yeah. or, yeah, she works for our father, but really she's one of us. Yeah, and, and they genuinely suddenly... don't think that they're... They genuinely think that they're being really nice to her. Yeah, mm-hmm. And yeah. I absolutely love the way that that's handled. It is mm. something... I know that I've said this a couple times, but just inherently because it is a murder mystery it is a secret filled around the circumstances of death type yeah. of movie we really can't get into a lot without spoiling it even yeah exactly if there's about more there's, than the first five there's too much film. going on and if you haven't watched it like what are you doing go watch yeah. it finish this episode first but like go watch the movie because it's great definitely uh like the uh, podcast leave us a review or a comment and then go and watch the movie yeah but, but it, it really is one where you need to tune into the in-depth if you want to hear anything about the story or any of our actual thoughts just because yeah. of how vague we have to be. We kind of were giving away a lot of surface level stuff, how we felt about it, how much we enjoyed it, begetting the spoilers and looking away from that kind of stuff and looking at it on a surface level. But genuinely, this film is so worth watching and so much so worth your time, I think. I could probably watch this film twice in one day and still yeah. love it and yeah, that may absolutely. be a little bit because it is a bit of a hyperfixation of mine like the first time i saw it i was like oh you're living rent free in my head for the rest of my life buddy but mm. also i genuinely think it is that good and it is one of those movies that you can rewatch a couple times just because of how much is hidden in the details and yeah. how much upon second watch once you know the plot yeah. a lot of things that you will pick up on just inherently by knowing what actually happens yeah, absolutely. And I think before we get to our final thoughts, I wanted to quickly just say how genuinely nice it is because Knives Out really does serve as a symbol of what you can achieve if you actually make films that you want to make and when a director makes something that they're actually genuinely passionate about and it, this goes beyond just the director but I wanted to start with Ryan Johnson who is the director of this film he put so much of his heart and soul into making this film and as a result it ends up being incredibly enjoyable to watch and rewatch, even in the same day as you said Monique but in terms of box office it had a budget of 40 million and took home a box office of 311 million so ultimately incredibly successful, incredibly well liked by many people and I rarely hear a bad review about it. But the previous film he did before Knives Out was Star Wars The Last Jedi, which many people did not like. For many they would consider it definitely a black spot on Ryan Johnson's career or catalogue of films. We're not going to talk about what we think of it because we'll get around to it one day. Will we? Maybe. 
Who knows? <laughs> In a sense, that was a film that had a great deal of pedigree behind it and a great deal of history behind it. So there was this need to fill a role and to fill the shoes of something that came before that was critically loved. And as a result, there was this p pressure to work on something that you may not have necessarily been passionate about. Whereas with Knives Out, there is, there is love in this film. There is a love sewn into every single little stitch of it and so much effort to make it not only good, but to make it great. And as a result, it's something that will continue to be loved and rewatched for years and years and years to come. It may may even become a classic and I would not be surprised if it did. But with all that said, I think we should get on to our final thoughts. What did you think of it? And if you could give it a rating scale of Bloody Shoes, what would you give it to Monique? Well, for this movie, I am giving our first 10 out of 10 on the podcast. I rated it 10 out of 10 bloody shoes. I just love everything about this movie. It's got all of the small crafted details and the sheer camp nature of the film, the fact that it doesn't take itself too seriously, and the fact that you can almost palpably feel the enjoyment that the actors are getting out of playing their roles. It just gets me jiving. Like, I could watch it like I said, twice in the same day and still come out with details I hadn't seen before and an appreciation and love for the film. That is a very nice way to put it, Nick. Mm -hmm. For me personally, what about you? <laughs> I quickly changed my score as you were talking because as we've been talking about it, it really put a little more into perspective and I'm going to actually raise my score just a bit, not to a perfect score of 10 out of 10, but because I'm harsh but fair, I think, I'd like to think. <laughs> And I'm giving it a 9 out of 10, Bloody Shoes. I think this film carries itself incredibly well. It's one of the better murder mysteries of the past decade, for sure. And the format has really allowed for each and every character to shine. I love that they've, they've given Daniel Craig a character who is genuinely jovial and happy and intelligent but not beyond but realms of recognition more than five expressions yeah he really does enjoy using his face to look anything oh other yeah than absolutely and i could love. i could talk in depth about it i love that they've given lakeith stanfield a great deal to work with i love that christopher Plummer genuinely has this warmth on screen and it's beautiful but i mean, it's not a perfect film it's it's got flaws and that's what makes it great but i definitely don't think I'm going to give it a 10 out of 10, but I definitely think it has earned every ounce of that 9 out of 10. Mm -hmm. I just, I am being biased with my 10 <laughs> out of 10, but you know what? Yeah. I don't care. <laughs> That's fine. You're allowed to be biased. But I'm with not all that... the one that went to school for filmmaking. Yeah, exactly. I can be biased. If I, I gave away 10 out of 10s every single week, I think people would question my credibility. I would question your credibility. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I can't, I have to, the people have to really earn 10 out of 10s. They're going to make a movie specifically for me. And it's got to be very very and then I'd give it a 5 out of taste. 10 because it was pandering. Because <laughs> I'm, like I said, I'm harsh, but fair. Fair enough. But with all that said, we're going to wrap up for this week's review. I hope you enjoyed it. Please feel free to reach out to us. As always, our links are on Twitter. I am at Grey Mouse Inc. And on Twitter, Monique is at Nexatai. She's also at Nexatai on Instagram. And I am Will at Will underscore Mortlock on Instagram as well. Monique is more responsive on Twitter and I am more responsive on Instagram. Be sure to check each of us out. For me, I post a lot of cinematography stuff on my Instagram, so be sure to check that stuff out. For Monique, she always posts updates on the podcast and regularly gives out a refresh on the hint every single week. Be sure to check out our in-depth review as we talk a lot more in-depth about this film and we pick it apart little bits that we loved, a lot of bits that we loved, the bits that maybe we weren't necessarily so happy about and more specifically I wasn't so happy about because Monique loves this film. 
I have nothing to be mad about. <laughs> for, for this week's pointless research, I'll be doing just a bit of trivia, and you will be able to get the hint for next week as well, which I th hope you will all be looking forward to. But with all I that said... I think this will be, yeah, one of my more favourite episodes that mm. we've done, just because of my love of this film, so do tune in to see me just fangirl horrendously. But with all that said, see you next week.